Hi friends, it's another episode of Milk and Meat. I am so excited to be chatting with you today. We are going to be going over preparing for postpartum recovery. And we're not just going to look at things that you can do to prepare your home or your body and things like that, but we're going to talk about spiritual preparation as well because there's a big change that happens to spiritual disciplines once you have a baby. So get ready to hear about the things that happen to your body, how to prepare for it, and even things to prepare for the changes for spending more time in prayer and things like that. Welcome to Milk and Meat, a podcast about the Bible, food, and motherhood. I'm your host, Nina Marie, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're able to gain added skills and tools that you need in order to take control of your health, the health of your family, to eat delicious food that nourishes you, and that you may be conformed to the image of Christ. Let's dig in. Okay, when someone gets pregnant or even when they're getting ready and trying to conceive, there is so much support. Um, I know that this could be debatable or arguable, but there's so much that, there are so many different people that you could hire to help you for fertility and for pregnancy, for labor and delivery. There's so many childbirth education classes and um, even different classes on coping with pain and pregnancy, preparing for breastfeeding and things of that nature, but there's so little support. Let, let me rephrase that. There's not enough support for families after their babies are born. There's not enough support for families in the postpartum time. And I think part of it is um, first-time parents don't have an understanding or a recognition of what is about to take place once their baby is born. Um, they don't they don't understand the work and the cost of a newborn and living with a newborn. And I think honestly part of it is that our society is um, divided by age. I, I, I don't think there's too much intergenerational living, if that makes sense. Um, and then even like families are moving away, like you move away for college and oftentimes don't come back. And when people have babies, there's not much um, like spending time with those people who have babies if you don't. And so like, I can I can think back on my experience when friends had children, I didn't really see them anymore. And it was my fault. I'm going to I'm going to take my own blame. Right. But when I had kids, there were friends that didn't come see me anymore either. And I think that there's, I mean, there's a change in lifestyle for sure. Um, There are are good things about that. And then there are cons and bad things about that. So I think part of the lack of support comes from the lack of knowledge uh, by first-time parents in particular. Um, But something that's really important is like just physically speaking and nutrient wise wise your nutrient needs in postpartum are actually greater than they were in pregnancy especially if you're breastfeeding so that's really something that we just are not cognizant about 
We spend a lot of time researching if we can have tuna during pregnancy or sushi or should we have that deli cold turkey that we've been wanting, that sandwich and things like that. Um, But in pregnancy, there's higher nutrient intake and that's because we're repleting nutrient stores. And we'll get into that um, in a little bit here. Uh, The body has to go through like this major recovery and family life is going to need major adjustments, whether it's your first or your fourth. Everyone is going to need to adjust to having another person living in the home, another person with very vocal needs, whose needs are going to take precedence, um, and then there's no sleep. So all of these things are going to impact who you are as a parent, how you operate as a spouse, um, friendships, all of the things. Um, but I want to take a moment to look about at to look at how you can prepare for postpartum from a spiritual perspective. Now, I run this group program called the Motherhood Wellness Accelerator, and I also go through this information with my one-on-one clients. And one of the things that I'm teaching anyone who's going through this content with me is that we need to understand how to. Um, nourish ourselves entirely, like making sure that we are taking care of our health in a holistic manner. And oftentimes when you think of like holistic health, you think natural, crunchy mamas who only eat organic and only have organic clothing and things like that. Um, But I'm actually referring to things more than just the physical aspect. So I like to share how we need to be considering four different aspects of ourselves. One of them is physical, and so thinking through the physical needs and tangible needs that we may have in our home is important or in our lives. Um, Another is spiritual. Um, That is an aspect that we need to be paying attention to for our overall health because God created us as spiritual beings, um, and we are spiritual physical beings. We need to nourish both of those aspects. And then apart from that, two that like are underneath that umbrella would be social and emotional. So there are these four aspects to who we are as humans that we need to be nourishing and nurturing well. And so I want to start with how to be able to prepare for postpartum when it comes to spiritual needs. I can remember when I was pregnant with my first, so pregnant with Jude, I used to be a youth leader. And my husband and my husband was the youth director for a few years. Um, and when I got pregnant, I knew that I was going to step down by when I had my baby or I was working towards already relinquishing responsibilities because I wasn't going to be able to give as much time as I was before having my son. Um, and before I had my son, I... I am, I'm like a type A personality, okay? So don't judge me. I'm just giving you some context to understand what I'm about to say. Um, So before he was born, and I'm like this now because I can do it again now, um, I would spend my early mornings in prayer, spend my early mornings reading scripture, um, or just reading something edifying in general. And I would wake up before my husband. My husband is not a morning person. Um, and do all of these things. And I had this quiet alone time to myself, to the Lord, and it was wonderful. And I did this for years. My husband and I were married for, 
I want to say over four years by the time Jude was born. And I was doing this before we were married. So for many years, every morning, for the most part, I'm, I'm not going to call myself perfect or anything like that because that's not true. But for many years, a majority of my mornings, I was up early spending time in prayer, spending time reading scripture, memorizing verses, doing a study, something, right? Um, once Jude was born, <laughs> that left and it did not come back for I'm up until this like last year so over six years I'm not gonna lie to you um it was very difficult to bring that morning routine that I had back um especially because I had each of my children so close together um it just was impossible for me and it was really hard I won't lie and so this is coming from a place of remembering um the difficulty and now being on the other side of being able to enjoy these habits that I once enjoyed. But the thing that carried me um, was this. So after Jude was born, I want to say like a month or two, um, I was, some of the girls that used, that were in my youth group were visiting. They wanted to hang out, meet Jude, things like that. And they asked me something and I don't remember the question, um, but I do remember my answer. And that answer has actually stuck with me because it felt profound to me. <laughs> The fact that it came out of my lips, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm a little proud, um, but that's not the point. The point is that um, I remember telling them to take time now as young single women to nourish and nurture their soul and to consider their cup, their, their souls like a cup or like a well that they were watering. And because there was going to come from a day, there will come a day where they were going to have to draw from that well and they weren't going to be able to fill it. Um, and that is what my postpartum time felt like. Like I, there was not the time. I didn't have the ability to fill that cup. Um, I was only drinking from it and praise God for his spirit who is the living water and who gives so that we would not thirst anymore right um but after having a baby I had to draw from that well and it was a deep well because God had granted me um time to know him and know him deeply on my own as a single woman and then as a married woman and so I had something to draw from and then I mean God is immense and I will never know him fully he is so much um so far above my human limited thinking and um i remember an illustration my pastor used many years ago he's like god is like bigger than the ocean and you're a dixie cup and you're this small little dixie cup that can only hold so much and then you have to pour it out to get another section and you're going to be doing that forever and so like here i am thank you god because i get to be a small little Dixie cup and just draw from him. And that is something that I want to encourage you to prepare for a time where you're going to have to draw from your previous spiritual disciplines. And so I, I wasn't spending time in deep studies or even reading my Bible. I'm not going to lie. Um, my postpartum time was spent in like three minute prayers when I remembered to pray or crying in prayer because crying is an actual part of postpartum recovery. Let's be honest here. 
Um, but I also want to encourage you with some scripture that can be helpful to just print out, put on your wall, have it near your um, rocking chair in the baby's room or next to your bed or wherever you're going to be hanging out. Um, what, because I know that especially as a first time mom, I'm not going to lie, it happened as a, as a second time and third time mom for me as well. Like your brain is just so exhausted and it's hard to think straight. And that part of that comes from the nutrient depletion we're going to chat about in a minute. But I want you to, even though you may be anxious or question everything that you're doing and um, let the peace of Christ, this is from Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Um, and this sounds like, oh, it's you can say it, it's so much harder to do, but like scripture says it can be yours. Um, Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. The one thing you will have your mind, that's not what I'm trying to say. The one thing you will have is your mind. Um, you will have all of the time to spend thinking. Um, and John Piper wrote this amazing book years ago called Think. And I remember the premise of the book is whatever you um, feed your mind, whatever you think on is what you are giving your heart to worship. It's like fuel you give to your heart for worship. Um, so you may not have time to, uh, read Bibles and pull out concordances and enjoy long studies and do word studies and all the things, right? You do have your mind and it could be five minutes as you're nursing your baby to sleep before you zonk out from exhaustion. It could be in the middle of the night when your baby won't stop crying. It could be when you're holding your baby and just enjoying sweet quiet while they rest or sleep or when you hear your baby's first laugh all of those things you still have the mental capacity to praise God um, you still have the mental capacity to think on things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and anything that has excellence or is worthy of praise those are the things that you want to think about and so take this time, if you're trying to conceive, if you're already pregnant, um, if you are newly postpartum, take this time to think about how you can think in the postpartum time because that will be um, what you will be spending a lot of your time doing. Uh, your prayer is going to be in the most weird times um, through the most unforeseen circumstances um, but take time. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Um, memorize scripture now. Prepare for this time where you're not going to have um, what you're used to for your spiritual disciplines. Um, but know that he is with you. And that, that brings me to a next point. So consider God's attributes. Um our church right now is doing a study through the attributes of God on Wednesday nights, and um, it's always insightful. I mean, everyone, I think, has done a study through the attributes of God multiple times, and because who God is, again, he's this never-ending ocean, and we're a Dixie cup, and 
we can learn about it today, this year, and in a year we have to come back and we learn something new. And um, the four like attributes that I'll share here that you can consider in your postpartum time. Uh, God's omnipresence. He is with you always. He is absolutely everywhere at all times. Um, no matter where you are, no matter what time of day, he is there. And so remember his omnipresence. He is always present. Um, remember his omniscience. He knows all things. It is the most comforting to me. It is one of the most comforting attributes to me that God knows all things. And when I come to him in prayer, he knows I'm going to say, he knows what I'm going to ask. He knows why I'm asking these things, why I'm thanking him for these things. He doesn't, he isn't like me where I need 15 different sources for context. Um, He has all the context and he knows because he is all knowing exactly what you need. Um, And so go to him in prayer. He's right there with you because he's omnipresent and he knows everything anyway. So there's no reason to not talk to him. Um, And then the third attribute, his omnibenevolence. Um, He is all good. He is all good. All that he does is good. He can do no bad. He can do no evil. He can do no sin. Um, He is all good. His hearing you when you come to him is good. His presence is good. Everything about him is good. Uh, You can trust in his benevolence because he is omni-benevolent. And then the fourth is omnipotence or omnipotence, depending on how you say it. And this has to do with his power. He is all-powerful. He is sovereign in all control. This is my uh, favorite attribute, if I'm honest. It's also the attribute that people get tripped up on. I know I did for a long time. Um, I don't anymore. His omnipotence being all powerful and sovereign is the most comforting attribute to me. It is the most comforting attribute. I think Charles Spurgeon said that God's sovereignty, his omnipotence is the pillow that every Christian lays his head to rest on every night. It is a pillow to be comforted by, um, He controls the entire universe. Everything is in his hands. And if everything is in his hands and he is all good and all present um, and he knows all things, like just spend time praising him, thanking him and thinking through whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely, commendable, excellent and worthy of praise. It's it is how you can um, continue to thrive in your postpartum time. Uh, preparing for this time where it's not going to be as academic. It's very much going to be more relational. Um, if if you lean more academic, that's me. So I'm speaking from personal experience. And so my postpartum time, my child rearing years, these years that I've had with very small kids, um, it was very much a time where I got to know God more deeply as a father and, and and as a do- I am his daughter, um, it has been wonderful. And so I want to encourage you. Your your soul is like this cup that you have to fill and fill and fill and fill now, because you're going to draw from it in your postpartum, and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time to draw from. Um, it's encouraging to see what God can do with what you already know. 
but that brings me to another aspect in how to prepare for your uh, postpartum time, and that is physical. We covered spiritual, now we'll cover physical. Now, there are so many things that happen in your postpartum time, and just like your soul is a cup, so is your body. Your body is a cup, okay? Um, I like to think of your body as a cup, and you can have multiple straws sucking from that cup, right? And all of these straws are different stressors, and some of those straws are good ones, right? Like having a family, it's a stressor, but it's a good one. Um, and some of them are bad, like emotional anxiety or even the types of foods that you eat. It's going to be depleting of you. Um, they can be things that are pulling resources that we shouldn't, that shouldn't be pulling resources. And so just like your soul is a cup, your body is a cup that you have to be filling and limiting what is drawing from you. Um, in the perinatal time, in in pregnancy and in labor and delivery in particular, there is a lot of nutrient depletion. Um, there, there are, if you consider building a baby, um, where does your body get all of those things to make a new cardiovascular system, to make a new skeletal system, uh, to make a new digestive system, to make a new brain? It is from your nutrient stores. And so the placenta is going to extract nutrients from your body in order to build your baby up okay and it will do it at your expense so if your vitamin c stores are low it's still going to pull from there there's no like oh emergency we need to stop it's going to keep going until you're depleted and that's just the reality of building a human baby as being a pregnant woman okay so your nutrient status is going to change and this is why every single client that i work with is getting a nutrient uh mineral status in particular um because we want to make sure that the body has what it needs to respond to the stressor that is pregnancy, to respond to that straw, essentially. And then there's more um, depletion that occurs during labor and delivery, like there's loss of blood uh, in a regular, normal, uncomplicated vaginal birth. There's loss of blood in an uncomplicated C-section. It's twice as much. Then when we have complicated vaginal births with postpartum hemorrhaging or complicated cesareans, um, there can be even more blood loss. And so we have to think about all of these things that occur physically. So how can we prepare physically for the postpartum time, right? That's what we're trying to consider. And then there's hormonal changes. So in pregnancy, your estrogen increases by like 300, 30 times. I think it's 300%. I'm not sure. It's 30 times. I remember reading in the book, it's 30 times. Your progesterone in the third trimester is increasing 10 times. Your cortisol in the third trimester is increasing three times. That's 300%. Um, thyroid hormone in your third trimester increases 50%. Then you give birth and you deliver the placenta, um, your estrogen drops by 90%. So... It like is a huge plummet. Your progesterone drops down to nearly zero. And then your um, CRH, which, which is responsible for the cortisol production, so that increase that occurred in pregnancy, plummets as well. So all of these things, there's huge dives 
after um, you deliver your baby and deliver the placenta. And this is normal. So I don't like to call the postpartum hormonal changes imbalances because they're not imbalances. The body is doing what it's supposed to do in the postpartum time because so many things need to occur during pregnancy and occur postpartum. Um, So it's not necessarily an imbalance. It's just some changes that are going on because of the stage that you're in. But those changes have repercussions. So we have to consider how can we, um, what kinds of changes can we make to recover from all of that hormonal change internally. So lifestyle changes are going to be the ones that are easiest. Like the first one I'm going to name, you're going to be like, this is crazy and not possible, but it's sleeping. And so this is where me being a postpartum doula, 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 um, is really, uh, it's a passion of mine because I know how important sleep is to postpartum recovery. Like your digestive system is at its peak during sleep. Your detoxification system, this is really important because if you had um, any interventions in labor and delivery, so if you were put on Pitocin, if you had an epidural, if you had to have a C-section and had to have antibiotics and extra other meds, like things like that, you want your body to be able to detoxify from those things as quickly and efficiently as possible. And so sleeping, your detoxification system is working at its peak during sleep, specifically during between like 1 and 3 a.m. So if you're someone who's regularly waking up between 1 and 3, it's likely your detoxification system that's waking you up because it's struggling. So you might want, want to bring some support into your life on detoxification. But getting some help. So having family come and give you a night where they take care of baby and you just have to worry about feeding baby if you're breastfeeding or and if you're not then they're feeding baby as well and you can just get a good night's rest like your whole life will change with a good night's rest that's going to be one of your key changes like preparing to try to get as much rest as possible improving your diet is going to be key we'll talk about why Um, some movement gentle light movement getting outside in the sun not staying inside for days on end and then relaxation there's a four seven eight breathing technique where you uh, breathe in for four uh, count in your head you hold that breath for a seven count in your head and then you exhale fully to an eight count so four seven eight breathing technique that will help the body relax it'll help oxygenate everything Um, and as i mentioned before your postpartum nutrient needs are higher than pregnancy so vitamin a need increases your iodine need increases magnesium b vitamins vitamin d zinc vitamin c and iron are all higher during postpartum the needs for it than they were in pregnancy um and this so this is really important and we want to remember the roles of proteins or macronutrients i should say protein helps to like rebuild tissue so your placenta has been delivered the size that you see that your placenta is there is a wound inside your uterus that needs to be healed and so proteins breaking down to amino acids are going to help to nourish and rebuild that tissue it's going to be helpful for organs and nerves and muscles and hormones um, enzymes and antibodies and all of those kinds of things and then uh, carbs are really helpful because they can be quick energy especially in a time when sleep is so hard to come by 
It's also, if you pair carbs, whole food carbs well with protein and fat, um, you can fight infection and grow tissue. And so carbs are really helpful. And then if you have like fiber, that's going to be beneficial to your gut bacteria, which again is key if you have any of those interventions during labor or even pregnancy. Um, Anything where you might be messing with your gut microbiome, you want to feed that bad boy to help with recovery as well. And then fat is necessary for like hormone production. And so you don't want to be on a low fat diet and postpartum with all of those hormonal changes because you want things to be able to naturally go back to what is normal um, for a perinatal woman. Um, and then some micronutrients and things. So the particular nutrients that you want to pay attention to during this time would be, I'm going to name a ton and then I'll give you some like examples, okay? So iron, zinc, vitamin B12 and vitamin D, copper and magnesium, your vitamin C, and then some trace elements or trace minerals like iodine, selenium, manganese, and molybdenum. So the reason for this, example, iron. Iron is really important. It's a blood building nutrient, okay? It will assist in your energy production. So this is why Anyone who has a diagnosis of anemia usually has low energy. Uh, it's going to carry oxygen throughout your body. It's going to assist the liver. It will protect against oxidation. And it's really important to a bunch of enzymes and proteins, okay? I also named zinc, okay? Zinc is really important because it promotes your digestive health. It's going to promote your immune system. It's going to help regulate some hormones and it can make neurotransmitters. So if you are a pregnant woman, you're going to want like 11 milligrams of zinc per day. If you're breastfeeding, it's 12. Um, Iron, if you're pregnant, you're wanting 27 milligrams per day. Technically, a non-menstruating breastfeeding woman, they say is nine milligrams, but that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see how you could need um, only nine milligrams of iron compared to before. I think it's because you're not menstruating anymore, but that's just such a difference because a menstruating woman is 18. So they're saying half of that after blood loss. Um, That's the RDA. Uh, That's a little sketch to me. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, I also mentioned vitamin D. So sun exposure can provide you with 20,000 units I use of vitamin D. So if you've got your belly exposed and your thighs exposed for 20 minutes outside, you can get enough vitamin D. But that is provided that you have enough cholesterol and other like cofactors in your nutrient stores in your body for that to actually happen. Um, Vitamin D is important because it will help with gene expression and poor processing of vitamin D can cause health issues. So we wanna make sure we're getting enough. They say about 600 IUs per day, whether you're pregnant or breastfeeding is enough. Um, And let's do manganese, just one more example. So manganese is important because it assists in brain function, mood swings. Think about this, guys. Um, Histamine metabolism. So histamine is a protein that is inflammatory um, or can be inflammatory. Um, And this helps to metabolize histamines, okay? 
Then we have uh, manganese. When you have low levels, you can have joint or anxiety or even skin issues. So we want to make sure that we're getting enough manganese. If you're pregnant, it's five milligrams a day. If you're breastfeeding, it's five milligrams a day. Um, but all of these are different nutrient needs, right? You've got fat soluble vitamins, vitamin D, which is super important for adrenal support. Uh, your adrenals are shot after pregnancy, labor, delivery, especially in the early postpartum when you're not sleeping. And so that's one thing to consider for physical recovery. So you want to think about foods um, that will give you these minerals. So nutrient density is the biggest thing and nutrient density comes from animal foods. And I know that I harp on this all the time, but animal foods have nutrients that are more available to your body biologically than plant foods. That's because plant foods are bound to anti-nutrients that make it hard for your body to digest. And so those nutrients that you're consuming from plants oftentimes are eliminated through the bowel because the body doesn't recognize them as something that they can take in. Um, and animal foods have already been broken down because the animal's digestive system has worked worked it out already. Um, and so you just get to enjoy the byproduct of that and how it gets into the tissues and organs that you're consuming, right? It's the same process, sim well, a similar process uh, to which how minerals get into our tissues and organs and things of that nature. Um, so animal foods are a big help. Organ meats like liver, um, heart, things like that. I get the ground beef ancestral blend. It's from Force of Nature. Um, so they have ground beef and they have heart, liver, and something else um, ground into it so you can't tell. It's hidden. That's one way I get my organ meats in. I cannot just eat it straight. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't enjoy the taste, so I hide it um, for everyone in my family. I often make it and they have no idea that I'm making it. Um, then you want things like eggs. Eggs are super nutrient dense. Um, I'm saying um a lot, but soups and stews, letting them like cook for long periods of time, even if you have vegetables and it's going to draw the nutrients out, make things easier to make the plant foods easier to digest in your postpartum time. You want easy to digest foods. So no raw vegetables for the first six weeks. Um, that is going to make it really hard on your body to handle. Your digestive system becomes sluggish in the postpartum. That's why a lot of postpartum constipation occurs. So it's really important to have cooked vegetables in that early postpartum time so that your body can take in as many nutrients as possible. It needs to use its energy to heal and recover. You don't want to have to expend energy to digest food if you don't need to. So like if you only have 10 units of energy in a day and now your body has to divide some of those units between digestion to break food down further and recovery when you could use less units on digestion by using bile available nutrient dense foods like organs, like eggs, like raw dairy. Um, you use less energy there so that the rest of that energy can go towards recovery and restoration and healing and things like that. Two other uh, categories to prepare for are social and emotional. And I couple these together because I, I truly believe that they're intertwined. Um, I will say this, many people um, have a very... Uh, strong emotion regarding visitors after having a baby. I am the one who's like, bring me all the people. 
I invited everyone to my births. I was like, if you want to come, you can come. I'll text you when I'm on my way. And I'm not kidding. I think there was like five or six people um, there in total uh, at my my last birth. My first birth, I can remember my husband and a friend. My second birth, I, he came so fast that my friend got there right as he was as I was pushing. Um, and then the last one, there was a bunch of people. So I'm the person who was like, please, I need people. Bring me all the people. Um, there are others who are like, I don't want to see anyone. Uh, that's up to you. So you know your so what social capacity fills you and what social capacity drains you. And so consider that for your postpartum time. How can you be nourished? Like, does it mean people give you a couple weeks to adjust or does it mean I need you here in my space and you can help me adjust figure that out prepare for that plan for that and then the emotional part right that is think through like what kinds of emotional needs do you need met regularly do you need alone time regularly um do you need to feel safe and secure how can you make that happen how can your husband make that happen right uh so think through what are your emotional needs um eventually you might want to have sex again so that might be a conversation you want to have with your husband um so thinking through those four aspects like those are the four aspects you want to think through for all of life spiritual physical social and emotional and how do we take that framework and bring it to postpartum recovery because that's just another time in our life where we have to nourish ourselves holistically in a whole manner Um, making sure that we get to all aspects of our humanity. And so I hope that this is encouraging to you. I hope that it's getting your thoughts moving on what postpartum recovery can look like. Uh, And if you are trying to conceive, if you are pregnant or already postpartum, one of those physical aspects is understanding your mineral status because they play a huge role in your recovery and how you feel and even in your body's ability to um, stave off illness. There's a lot of postpartum uh, autoimmune conditions that begin for the first time in this perinatal stage in postpartum. And so if we're able to pursue and support health, uh, there's a good chance that you can help stave that off or even control flares and things like that. So I invite you to reach out to me. You can send me a message on Instagram at Mama Wheel, or you can email me at ninamarie at mamawheel.org and we can get chatting on how you can get your mineral status checked. We'll get you your motherhood wellness plan and set you up for success. Have a great week.